Hey, welcome to my new podcast. In this first episode, we're going to talk about the cycles and phases of instruction. So if you've been reading Stepping Stones year one and beyond, or you've joined Curriculum Club, or you've just been hearing all the talk out there about cycles and phases of instruction, which by the way, I totally just made up myself, then listen on and I will try to make it more clear. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Tina here, and this is my first podcast episode ever. So I don't have a fancy place to record this. I'm sitting on my sofa, and I don't have a fancy microphone to record it in, but what I do have is a lot of desire to help you guys navigate the resources that I've made in the Curriculum Clubhouse. So this first episode is dedicated to Tiffany, who said in her responses to the member survey that we just sent out recently that she feels overwhelmed, and especially because she very quickly surpassed the uh, lessons that I have been able to make because she's on the block schedule and they meet every day. And so she moved through description and she moved through narration, and now she is in need of some more lessons. So first, I just wanted to talk today a little bit about the cycles and the phases and what that means to me and why I organized it that way. And then I want to talk about how you can take the ingredients that are already loaded up in the Curriculum Clubhouse and make your own lessons. So when I first started teaching with CI, I was like, you know, pretty much everybody else back then. We had TPRS, and that's pretty much all we had. So we learned how to tell stories, and there was three steps of, well, there used to be like nine steps of TPRS, but there were three steps of TPRS, which was establish meaning, ask a story, and then read. And I was never sure, and neither was really anybody else back then, like what we were supposed to do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you would go to the TPRS trainings, and they would give you like a weekly schedule and kind of give you a daily schedule, but... I was always a little lost. Like, what should I do every day? Establish meaning, ask a story, read. I didn't really have time to make the reading that day. So then we'd come back the next day and I had this reading to do. And I was like, should I do the reading all period long? So then when I first discovered uh, the practice of like writing with your students from Grant Boulanger, I started doing that. And so I was able to make the readings in class with my students. And there were lots of benefits to that because they were able to see like right there in front of them while it was fresh on their mind, their oral language get written down by me. And I'll talk more about that in some future episode, I'm sure. But it, it was really powerful. However, I wasn't doing it every single day until my friends, Brett Chonko and Mike Pito, who I had actually told about this like discovery that I had made. I mean, I didn't discover it, but I did discover Grant doing it. So I had told Mike and Brett about that, and then they had started doing it every day. And so I did too. And then I realized that that solved a lot of problems. So I sort of started working on this daily instructional framework so that we would have input time and then review it just very briefly and then write it and then read that in class every day. So it was sort of like the three steps of TPRS, except I kind of tend to skip the like establishing meaning part 
and just go right to the input and just use my input time to establish the meaning. Like if we need to, um, you know, clarify the meaning of something, I'll just do it right there in, in the moment. So that's like the daily instruction. And so then when I started doing that, it helped me to sort of, you know, organize my instruction better, but I still didn't have the cycles and the phases. So even when I wrote a natural approach to the year, I didn't have this concept of the cycles and the phases. I had this concept of cycles, but the cycles that I, I've designed for the curriculum club and for stepping stones are different. So in a natural approach to the year or a natty or year one, depending on how you like to call it, <laughs> uh, I had this concept of doing a cycle of instruction that was five weeks long and then doing portfolio assessments at the end. But I didn't have the concept of arranging those cycles of instruction around different genres or functions of language, like describing, narrating, informing. So when I hit upon that idea, which basically I got from language arts, I started to reorganize the instruction in a nanny or year one around those cycles. And it actually happened to turn out that the first cycles in Stepping Stones or the Curriculum Club, which is based on the Stepping Stones book, it turned out that the first two cycles were actually pretty much description and then narration. Because in Anatty, I had said, just at first, do calendar talk, do card talk, do one word images, picture talk, just to make life easier for you and not jump into stories. So basically, those are all the things that are in narration or in, I'm sorry, description. And then I said in Anatty, like, I've been finding it a lot better to hold off on telling stories until you've made a few one word images and kind of like gotten to know the class and done card talk and calendar talk and all that. So it turned out that actually for me, the first time I was telling stories was about five weeks or six weeks into school anyway. So when I reorganized everything into first description, which doesn't really contain a lot of stories, and then narration, I was like, hey, it actually aligns pretty well with a nanny. And then looking ahead to the cycles that are coming up, which one of them is information and one of them is opinion. Actually, the only thing that's really new is opinion. And I started putting in the opinion because so many people are getting their students ready for AP and IB. And not only that, the Common Core is very organized around um, argumentation. And opinion is like the baby step into argumentation because if you can't say, I like soccer, here's why. Maybe you want to try soccer, which I would consider opinion, just stating your opinion and giving some you know, examples like from your life or from your friends' lives. That's like the baby step to argumentation. But the Common Core and AP and IB all want a lot of argumentation skills with the kids. So I added that on in the Stepping Stones book. But thinking about information, which is like a building block to opinion or argumentation, information was actually in Anatty or year one, because it, it talked about going on like around the same time, actually. I mean, this is when I would do it in my classes, um, around the same time as we are going to be moving into cycle three. So about halfway through the year, my students seem to get a little bit bored of just telling stories all the time. 
and making things up. And even if we were learning about like historical people and stuff like that, like the the narrative genre, you know, gets kind of gets kind of old after a while. So I had started doing things with my students like the geography of France or school schedules in France versus the school schedules here or the departments and territories overseas in France or food around the Francophone world or clothing around the Francophone world. And all of that is information. So even in a, a natty or year one, it talks about moving on and doing visual lectures. Now, at that point, that was the only skill that I had. But it wasn't really the only skill that I had because I had learned a lot of skills through English as a second language or ESOL, English to speakers of other languages. So I'd learned through my ESOL training and my social studies training and my experience teaching social studies to English language learners. I'd learned all these strategies, especially strategies from an organization called Project GLAD, G-L-A-D. It stands for Guided Language Acquisition Design. So I started looking and sort of casting about in all these strategies that I had learned from Project GLAD, and I realized that a lot of them were information strategies. And so I wrote the information units for Curriculum Club based on these Project GLAD strategies. So that's the cycles. I took basically what was already the structure of a natty and just named it and sort of formalized it into description, then narration, then description within narration, which is basically writing better narratives with more descriptors in them, and then information, and then opinion, and then creative writing, which is basically writing better narratives. So it's like description, narrative, narrative, information, opinion, and another narrative unit. And that's how it was for us in language arts. We would do we would do a narrative. We didn't have description. I made that up for world language. So we would start with a narrative, like a personal narrative, and then we would move on into another type of narrative, like imaginative writing or historical fiction or science fiction or something like that. Because like you're not going to get proficient at writing an awesome narrative the first time that you do it. So when I started thinking about the cycles in those terms, in terms of the genres, I thought that really clarifies a lot. And it started to clarify the assessments because I had been using assessments that I liked, but they were very like generic. It was like the retail rubric for everything that you could possibly retail, use this rubric. And so once I started working in sort of these genres or language functions like description and narration, I started thinking, hey, I should make assessment tools that align with description and with narration for reading, like retelling in L1 and listening, like retelling in L1. Those are actually the same rubric. So there's like the description retell rubric, the narrative retell rubric. And then for writing, I, I wrote rubrics and continua for all the different, well, I'm not quite done with the continua yet, but rubrics and continua for all the different genres. So there's a description rubric and a description continuum. There is a narration rubric and a narration continuum. There's an information rubric and an almost finished information continuum. And then there's an argumentation rubric, and I haven't yet made the argumentation continuum. 
And so that really, really helped me to think about how to, how to organize the year. So then I started thinking about like how to organize the, the, the cycle itself. So like five weeks. And I started thinking about, well, we can't really work on the same exact thing the entire cycle. That gets kind of boring. So I thought, well, we should organize them the way that we had them organized in language arts. In language arts, our, our cycles, we called them units of study. So like in the description, or we don't have description, sorry. In the narration unit of study, there are always four bends in the path. B-E-N-D-S, bends in the path. Like you're going down a path and you take a, a little bend. And that's kind of a nice term for what it is because it's like not really a new direction. It's just like a slightly different take on what you were already doing. So I just called them phases because I couldn't really steal their language. That's not right. So I called them phases and basically that's what they are. They're like a little bend in the path. So it's like in, let's, I'll talk about the second cycle. Now I'll talk about the third cycle because that's probably what Tiffany's working on. So in the third cycle, it's called description within narration. It's basically just better narratives. And so the first bend is, oh my gosh, I don't remember because uh, this isn't something I've been working on quite yet doing the, I'm just going to look this up on my computer. Cycle three, phase one. Well, let's see. Cycle three, overview. So in order to get this information, I'm searching in my drive, which you can find in the curriculum club, and I'm looking for cycle three, phase one overview, cycle three, phase two overview, cycle three, phase three, and cycle three, phase four overview. Now, if you actually understand the underlying principles behind how to use this to plan your instruction, you can actually just plan your entire cycle and phase just by using these overview documents. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that right now. But I said I would keep this to less than 20 minutes. So I'm not going to be able to talk about it for too long because I only have seven minutes left. So I'm going to look at cycle three, phase one. It's describing setting and characters and narration in the past. So this isn't really a whole lot of new stuff the, because like this is review. It's reviewing what you did in cycle two and in cycle one. So it's kind of bringing those forward and consolidating them. But it does have a whole bunch of strategies listed on this overview document. So it's like narration card talk, class or community survey, narrative input chart, class creative stories, movie talk, visual retells of an exciting story, a timeline input chart, a story with a script, a visual story. So all of these are guided oral input strategies that you might use in cycle three, phase one. Cycle three, phase two might have some of the same strategies because it's still narration. Um, and then the title of cycle three, phase two is weaving description into narration. Now, this is a little bit different from what's in the Stepping Stones book because I've reorganized it to, to make more sense for the curriculum club members. In cycle three, phase three, it's weaving meaning, meaning into stories. So that's where you're, you're starting to get more like narrator's voice. So like, let's say you're telling a story about a historical person. Let's say you're telling a story about, uh, I don't know, Cesar Chavez. And you, so you're weaving meaning into these stories. So like, let's say that you want to show this characteristic of Cesar Chavez, which maybe it was that he was a hard worker. 
So you would pick a story where, you know, Cesar was like doing a lot of hard work or working really hard, like in his activism. And then you're in your shared writing, you would be modeling like as a narrator, I can say this shows that Cesar was a very hard worker or it's clear that Cesar was a hard worker because we see him doing this. So you notice that these are actually sort of proto skills for argumentation. Basically, all of what we're doing is leading the students to become better at argumentation. And the reason for that is because A, you know, AP and IB expect them to be able to like make construct argumentations or argumentative work off of texts, just like the common core state assessments do in language arts. But also B, because of that very reason, because the Common Core values argumentation so much, I want people to be able to go to their administrators and say, look at the skills we're working on and make the world language class something that administrators don't just, I, I feel like administrators sometimes like begrudgingly uh, fund, you know, world language because they have to. It's like a graduation requirement or it's just the way it's always been done. But they kind of think, I don't know, I, could, I wish I could use that money to do something that would raise my test scores. So if we can go to them and show them like, hey, we're using these cycles and phases to raise up our test scores, then I hope it'll help us to make the case for more of this type of teaching. So anyway, back to the cycle three. So phase four of cycle three is biography, selecting many stories to illustrate a significant person's attribute. So this is more of what I was talking about. Like if you want to show that, you know, Cesar Chavez was like persistent or hardworking or you want to show that, you know, um, Coco Chanel was like iconoclastic or individualistic or creative, then you're going to be showing them like we have this story about Coco, we have this story about her, uh, which one, you know, personifies or typifies this attribute of hers the best. So you, you see, again, this is like a little bit of argumentation already because you're like making this point about her. So um, thinking about planning uh, maybe I'll address this more tomorrow. But if you look in the overview documents, you'll see all the guided oral input strategies. And there's even a note that says you're not going to be able to use all of these strategies in this phase. You just don't have enough time. So what you can do, basically when I'm planning, what you can do is you just pick a guided oral input strategy for that day. I think what can I do to ramp it down for my younger kids and what are, you know, my lower levels and what can I do to ramp it up for my higher levels? And then I just basically think what writing move am I going to use? That's right there in the overview document. So what am I going to model for them in the shared writing? Maybe I put it on an anchor chart and maybe I just put it on a little post-it note and tell the kids, this is what we're going to work on today. We're going to try to put this kind of language into our writing. You don't have to use an anchor chart. You don't even have to show the kids the post-it note. You can just put it over to the side and look at it yourself. Heck, you don't have to put it over to the side and look at it yourself. You can just write and you'll still really be writing in that genre because all of the topics that are suggested and all of the guided oral input strategies that are suggested are getting you to write inside that topic or inside that genre. Like I chose this so that you could use it as sort of, I chose all these things and put them together in this way so you can use them as like a building block so that you'll be able to put them together um, on your own, in your own way. You might only do two phases per cycle this year. That's fine. They don't necessarily have to be completed in order. 
And that's what makes this program a little different from a program like Somos or a textbook or other programs that give you the content. This gives you like an understanding of how curriculum design works and it gives you the tools and the building blocks and the lists and the ingredients. But you know, when you're a cook, sometimes you add your own ingredients. Sometimes you take ingredients away. Sometimes you change the recipe. And that's what I've tried to give you here. Hey, it's Tina here, and I really want you to send me a message. So if you could just please hit the send a message button or go to anchor.fm slash curriculum club slash message, then you can send me a voice recording. Who knows? I might put you on a future episode. So if you could just let me know what you think or what you want to hear from me or how you think I'm doing, or if you have a story to share or a joke, or you want to sing me a song, I don't really care. And here, I'll even bribe you. So by the end of the month, whatever month it is that you're listening to this, at the end of the month, I will go look through all the messages that I've gotten through the month, pick one randomly, and I will give that person anything they want, any one thing at all from our online school at ci-liftoff.teachable.com. So please hit me up, send me a message by hitting that button or go into anchor.fm slash curriculum club slash message.